Welcome back to another edition of the Savvy Citizen Podcast. I'm Adam Gobb. Today on the show, Linda Mangus is in from the Gaston County Cooperative Extension talking about the Master Food Volunteer Program. We're going to get into a little bit of the details into what exactly that entails, some of the work that goes on behind the scenes for the volunteers that want to be able to do this, and why it's a really valuable asset in helping spread programs across the county. Savvy Citizen now has a live music series? Check out the monthly episodes of Savvy Sounds, where we bring you original music and interviews with musicians from in and around Gaston County. View it on demand on the Gaston County Government YouTube page. Just search for the Savvy Sounds playlist. Welcome back to another edition of Savvy Citizen. I'm Adam Gum. I've got Dandry Bradley alongside me, and we have got uh, Savvy Citizen's number one guest. And yes! That's... Uh, the, the guest that is on the most and the guest that we like the most, sorry, everybody else, it's Linda Mingus. Oh, wow. <laughs> what an introduction. Linda is with the Gaston County Cooperative Extension, and she's back to talk to us about uh, a volunteer opportunity, but a little bit of a unique volunteer opportunity in the sense that uh, this might require a little bit more from somebody that's interested than maybe some of the other uh, programs that we've talked about in the past. Linda, this is, this is, and forgive me if I get this wrong, uh, the Gaston County Cooperative Extension Master Food Volunteer Program? You got it. All That's right. right. Yeah. Now, let me say that five times fast and then try saying it backwards. Absolutely. <laughs> I would love to see that. <laughs> I would love to do that, but unfortunately that's not happening. So we'll just have Linda uh, tell us a little bit about what this program is and why it's a little bit special. Okay, so, and thank you so much for having me. And I'm really excited to share. This is a great time of the year to think about where you want to spend your time and being able to be engaged. And so, first of all, the Master Food Volunteer Program is a statewide program set up by NC State Extension. And since about 2019, we have been implementing it across the state. And so Gaston County, as I mentioned, we kicked it off in 2020 and <laughs> were shut down during COVID. Yeah. So Nobody remembers COVID. Exactly. <laughs> so I have really worked hard in the last couple of years trying to focus on this program and get activities going on. So it's really a great opportunity. We provide, first of all, um, it is a requirement. It does require 30 hours of an educational training program. So for example, we're going to be doing a hybrid combination of online and in-person learning. And that curriculum includes like nutrition, the history of extension, talking about our whole um, national food system, labeling, mm -hmm. agriculture, racial diversity issues, um, and just a lot of the challenges across extension and when we're talking about local food. So it's a very comprehensive program. Food safety is another aspect that I failed to mention, food preservation and chronic disease oh, management. Wow. So it it's a great opportunity if you're interested in local foods and nutrition and wellness and you want to get more without a formal education, this is a wonderful way of connecting with that and with resources from NC State and um, NCANT, our other land-grant university with extension. And the program after the training course involves 30 hours of shadowing the family and consumer science agent, which is me, okay. in the county to get a feel of all of the programs we do. The master food program is really designed to increase programming capacity across our county because 
extension, as y'all know, and you've you've interviewed so many aspects of our program, we really are hands on at the local level. And right. as you know, that takes a lot of time. And mm-hmm. volunteers can be such a great resource and outreach in parts of the community that it may ha- be hard to get to. Right. Absolutely. And also, we all come from different areas of the community, looking at each of the municipalities and the different populations, whether it's youth or older adults or families with young children. So there's a lot of different populations out there. So the 30 hours of shadowing gives volunteers an opportunity to see everything in action, plus to get an idea of what he or she may be interested in. Okay. I had a meeting today and we were talking about is, you know, many of us as adults really enjoy working with kids, others not so much. Some people want to do hands-on programming. Some folks would rather be behind a computer and maybe doing marketing. So sure. there's a piece for everyone. Right. I've had volunteers on the past doing our podcast, and some folks really love that, and other folks are intimidated by yeah. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, there's something for everyone in that level of volunteering. And then we at Extension across the state provide And the goal is to have 10 hours of continuing ed as regular update, which is great because we do a lot of fun things across the state. And that could be like sharing recipes, looking at local food trends or talking about statewide food pantries or um, new initiatives that are going on. It is a great way for volunteers to connect with other volunteers that may be in a neighboring county and to find out some of the things that are going on. And you have heard me say this plenty that, you know, isolation and disconnection continues to be such a big health issue. And I just heard that on the radio. We were taught there was a issue about that. And so this volunteer program is another way for folks to make new connections Mm -hmm. and to reach out. And in fact, you know, our goal is to work across several counties and really tailor this program so that we can do training with the core activities across the county, maybe doing it online, and then have more structured opportunities for agricultural-based like field visits, whether it's going to like uh, the lettuce processing plant in Bessemer City or, you know, going to other tours. So that's what our goal is. But it is a unique program. It's a fun opportunity to learn, and we're looking for new volunteers. So how old do you have to be to enter the program? That is great. You have to be at least 18. So it is an adult-based program. Okay. And that is an excellent question. Most of our uh, our participants are typically retirees, but there's no age limit. And you don't have to be a retiree because there's something for everyone. Right. Lots of different activities, you know, whether you're wanting to do evening daytime or weekend, or as I mentioned, maybe you want to help with doing web-based program, which is more of what I'm doing Mm -hmm. since COVID has occurred. So there's a lot of activities, and it's a great way to also uh, get exposed to all of the other activities of extension. Nice. I like it. Yeah, we have, it's very interesting. A couple of our volunteers that are now in the master food program, they're also in the Extension and Community Association or the um, 
Master Gardener program that many folks know about. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and all of these programs overlap, you know, with, it kind of goes back to our homesteading workshop. Right. You know, if you're in, if you're interested in local foods, chances are you're interested in home gardening and you may be interested in beekeeping. So it's a, just a really great way to be connected with the whole Extension family. And it makes such a different, it makes such a great impact for our countywide programming. So Volunteer support and management is really a core commitment that Extension has to our community. And, you know, I've mentioned this before. I think it is so unique that many of my, our volunteers, I've been with Extension now for more than 20 years. I, When I first started with Extension, I had ECA volunteers that were in their 80s mm-hmm. that became involved with their mother who brought them to ECA. Back then it was called Home Demonstration, and they were 4-Hers. Oh, wow. So we have several generations of folks that come in, and it is such an empowering way of being connected with our community when you hear the stories and the things that people do. It is, it's just amazing. I love that so much. Like, so I'm thinking about when, we had Kayla on and she was talking about, you know, how people can get involved with ECA and, and volunteer and everything. And she was saying how, you know, she's noticing that there are more volunteers coming um, that are in like their 30s and their 40s, like younger volunteers, and which is great. I'm just wondering how many of them are would be interested in the Master Food Volunteer Program. Absolutely. And that's part of, you know, with this being a new program, that's what we're looking to extend and make the training as flexible as possible so that, you know, if so, for example, you can complete the online learning uh, lectures on your own when it's convenient for you and watch that, and then we can have meetings. So we really are trying to to address that. I think the challenge, and, you know, we've seen this over probably, what, the last 10 years, people are so limited on their time. And Mm -hmm. we have families and individuals that are, are working more than one or two jobs trying to raise their family and make ends meet. So our challenge with Extension is to provide easy, simple volunteer opportunities. Right. So I like to mention to folks, you know, if you're interested in the idea of some of these topics, but perhaps you're not sure that you can commit to those time requirements, please feel free to reach out to Extension because we we can always fit people in. As I meant, you know, as I've said before, that connection and really focusing on trying to prevent isolation in our community is a key thing. And so, for example, ECA this past weekend they did a they did a project a volunteer project of making the pillowcases and right. exceeded their goal for the um, the overnight shelter and it was wonderful and folks were really interested in that so I am starting to get calls from community folks where people want to volunteer they want to connect and make a difference in the community perhaps they're not certain how to do that or they're just looking for what is something i can do today i have a few hours this afternoon where can i go and what can i do and i think that's the challenge that organizations like extension are faced with we are having to change our volunteer opportunities right well, I mean, because you're having to fit someone's work schedule or, you know, their kids' school schedules. Absolutely. And, you know, people are, we really are so busy. Absolutely. And so I think, you know, that is one, to me, that is one of the 
benefits that came out of COVID is because from a university standpoint and state extension, we had more um, IT resources developed or made available and now doing webinars. And to be able to see seniors that are connecting online and taking, mm -hmm. you know, taking advantage of social media platforms where they can connect, a lot of those things are more of the norm now. But I think we still have a way to go in terms of how we're training and making it flexible so that you can reach people where their needs are. The one thing that I have found is that because, and and I'm just curious to get input from you, D'Andrea, um, with public information, you know, it seems like now it's just so much more comp complex in terms of how we communicate with folks. Hmm. There's not one straight form of right. social media and depending on your audience. So trying to navigate that and that's where we're we're looking for you know volunteers and thinking about all of the possibilities are endless absolutely i think the one form of marketing that will never get old is word of mouth absolutely <laughs> absolutely because i'm i'm probably that person that's going to trust what you say more than what i see if that makes sense like if i'm going to if i'm thinking about trying a new restaurant i need to talk to someone who's been there Absolutely. What did you think about it? Like, I'm not going to go just by what I see online, like, oh, that food looks really good, but is it really? <laughs> and that is where our volunteers make such a difference, because they may interface with someone in a community that I have not been able to reach and connect with. And so they bring that energy and engagement and excitement. Right. And, you know, that collaboration just really makes such a difference, especially in you know, a setting where resources are limited, the needs are so much greater. And, you know, we see that as we go into a new year. So I think there's a lot of great opportunities. And the ideas with, you know, of doing programming, that's one of the reasons why I love to work with Extension and new volunteers. People come with so many different experiences and backgrounds mm -hmm. so we can learn from one another. And I may have been here 20 years and I get into the rhythm of doing programs a certain way and volunteers help to break that up. Mm -hmm. And we get generate new ideas and creativity. Very cool. When you talked about with the Semester Food um, program, you don't have a ton of people that are involved in it. And so this is something that um, you almost broaden out to, to a district level, right? Yeah. So right now we have about four active volunteers. And as I mentioned, you know, part of the challenge is once you get trained, there are, you know, 30 hours or so of shadowing an extension agent and then that continuing ed along with your volunteer service. So as you recall and you remember um, during COVID, no one could go anywhere and do anything. Right. So really 2023 was the first year that we had activities and uh, health fairs that were popping back up where people felt comfortable to be in the same space together. So what we are looking at, in fact, I just got off of a meeting today with agents in our surrounding counties, all the way from Alexander County to Catawba and Cabarrus County and Mecklenburg and um, some of the other, Stanley County. We are looking to do a district training and also work together so that we can transport our volunteers to maybe some what I call field day activities and okay. go and see, you know, where maybe certain counties have apple orchards or they have certain activities that we could go and travel and then they can network so that we can have these programs and these trainings 
more, you know, like on an annual basis, even though there may be um, just a few folks, because it is new and it takes a while for folks to connect. But I think what volunteers are also looking for is connecting with other volunteers. Right. And, you know, as we know, many times, you know, it may be a thing where um, some events and activities are going on across counties. So perhaps we can train eight uh, volunteers and they could go to Lincoln or Cleveland County to help support those activities. Uh, so that that's what we're looking to do. And I think there's a lot of excitement about that. It's it's just going to be a slow process as people get um, a little bit more familiar with it mm-hmm. and trying to understand. So some of the activities that are just so much fun that we do, we do like learning knife skills. And who isn't, you know, learning that that was, so some of these are so, they're just really fun activities mm-hmm. to do in person. Um, we also talk about, you know, doing food demonstrations. And we had an activity about food insecurity where you were given $3. I don't know. There's a very low amount. And you had to, you different volunteers are assigned to either go to a grocery store or a convenience store. Okay. Um, and they have to buy or using their $3 to find ingredients to make a balanced meal. Based on like US, yes, exactly. And so the idea is to show realistically the challenges and how that. So there's a there are several really hands on practical activities, and I thought, wow, I wish I'd had the opportunity to do that early in my career and to understand. But you know, in, in today's world with the cost of food and things like that, families are really struggling to know how to balance. So that's a really important resource and skill set that volunteers can help us to spread the work. Absolutely. I can't imagine trying to go to the store with like a few bucks. I just can't. Like $3 right now, you're getting a loaf of bread. Absolutely. And if you have to (laughs) juggle that with the cost of filling your car with gas, doing your electric and heating Mm -hmm. expense and purchase medication, you know, so much of the work that, you know, that Extension does in terms of supporting families around those issues, they really do work together. And, you know, there's, there's just so much need as we have all seen, we have, we are just now dealing with consequences of COVID and seeing how that's impacting everything. Um, You know, so there's a lot that Extension has the, some solutions for to help be part of the solutions, I should say. But volunteers, they are now probably more important than ever before. Absolutely. So we need to make those opportunities easy and find out how people can connect and and find that to be rewarding and enriching for their own lives. You talked about how 2023 was really kind of the first time that you had gotten the volunteers trained and really started to plug them in. What are some examples of some of the things that they've done since they've kind of completed their training? Probably the most recent one is we participated in the Gaston County Employee Wellness Event. Okay. And we had, um, we did some demos. We actually made pumpkin hummus and had volunteers in the staff. We did pumpkin hummus. And then we also talked about pomegranate, did seasonal foods. I was amazed how many, even though pomegranate is not local, Mm -hmm. it is seasonal. And so I thought, you know, this will be a fun one to talk to employees about because we, you know, we start to see more pomegranate coming into our local grocery stores. It's more affordable and people didn't know what to do with it. 
You know, so it was really a great way. We had so much fun. One of my master food volunteers. So we got to talk to the employees, find out, you know, like how we can work with employee scheduling and provide like med instead of meds as webinar based programming. Mm -hmm. And so volunteers helped to prepare. We made um, it was a savory pumpkin hummus. So it was just a really fun activity. They also participated in the senior health fair with Bessemer City, which really targeted our older adults. And those are some of the events that volunteers also go to and share information about our volunteer opportunities. We also had some school-based programs that they went to. You know, this was the year, and Myers Memorial Methodist, they had a health fair that we participated in, too. They were doing a um, cancer awareness so this was the year of health fairs. Yes. <laughs> and coming back from COVID. So that was a lot of fun. And the volunteers, that they really enjoyed that. They also helped um, do presentations with local foods with our Gaston County Main Branch Library. We do a monthly program. Yes. And our volunteers, I have, we, I have several of them that are trained. And we've been doing programming on local foods, med instead of meds. We talked about doing the using the Instapot. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing one on the air fryer. So that has been a great partnership with the library. We also have a fall prevention workshop and our diabetes self-management mm-hmm. program. And the Master Food Volunteers in, here in Gaston County are trained and are able to teach those classes. So that was that's been very helpful. Oh, I'm sure it probably frees up staff for you guys so that you can focus on other things. And there's so much impact of peer-to-peer education. In the world of health, that peer-to-peer model really um, shows that people make more changes when they learn from someone that resembles themselves. Mm -hmm. And that has been part of the model with Extension and many of our programs especially when we look at fall prevention and diabetes self-management programs. So those have been some of the activities. And, you know, like this year, we're going to be doing a hands-on dining with diabetes in Stanley, and it'll be an hour of a lecture-type format. But then we're going to have an hour of a cooking demo and talking about, you know, low-cost, healthy cooking alternatives, especially for older adults who may have limited energy or hand movement due to arthritis and some things like that. So these volunteers are essential to putting all of those activities together. You never know how how many hands it takes. All of these cooking shows and the production of programming, you never know until you start. It really does take a lot to make those types of activities come together. Wow. And volunteers can really really engage and make it fun. And again, we all learn from one another. Well, and it's not like the the extension office has this massive staff of 500 people. I mean, you you are a a few but mighty folks and the volunteers are just are (laughs) amplifying what you can accomplish in the community. Absolutely. And we are so thankful to Gaston County for the support that is given to our extension program, uh, because in, you know, some locations, agents such as the family consumer science position that I have, you have one agent covering two counties with funding. So we have a lot of support in Gaston County for our program 
So, you know, part of my goal for my programming and the activities that I offer is to make it make it as accessible. Um, so if you can't attend an in-person workshop, then we have online options. And, you know, if you don't have the resources for that, then what can we do to get some of that you know, information through publications sent to you. Right. Because, you know, that's another challenge with older adults. Sometimes they don't have the technology access that we're now looking for. And that's mm-hmm. where the library can, has been a great partnership. So we have so many great resources that you guys have done a great job of marketing through the Savvy Citizen um, that, you know, I really do try to connect, especially our older adults too, through the work we do with Cooperative Extension. So if someone wants to, you know, become a Master Food volunteer, uh, what, what do they need to do to sign up? They need to call me so that the first thing that we normally do is just have a conversation. And it's really an informal interview just to find out that it's a good fit. You know, the other thing is we don't want people to commit themselves to something that's really not meeting what their needs are. So we have found that that personal conversation and just learning a little bit more about what they're hoping to gain from that is a good place to start. So reaching out to, you know, your extension agent by phone or email is really the the first place to start and we will go from there. We are planning to do somewhat of a hybrid model starting in March of 2024. What I normally do and the reason that sounds so up in the air is I try to work it around the schedule of the volunteers mm-hmm. and really tailor it to what their needs are. So we are looking at a hybrid um, version that's going to start I believe the 1st March in Thursday in 2024, and it'll be around two to four o'clock. Okay, and we'll we'll take it from there. But it's not too late, so just reach out to me, give me a call or email, and I'll be glad to give folks more information. Awesome. Well, that sounds pretty easy. It's not like oh, I've got to fill out a 27-page application. It's just have a conversation <laughs> with Linda. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a great way. And, you know, again, sometimes it may not be the right program per se, but we can get people connected and there's still places they can come out and volunteer and be a part. So we'd love to have you. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, Linda, thanks so much for for joining us for another episode. Uh, Best of luck as you guys continue to um, flesh out this this program and add more people to it. And um, as she said, um, give Linda a call at the Cooperative Extension or shoot her an email if you're interested in, in getting involved in this or any of the other wonderful opportunities that are available through Extension. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. We'll see you next time. Now playing from the Gaston County Communications Office, a brand new documentary series, cold cases from police departments across the county, some going back more than 50 years. Join us as we breathe new life into these murders and missing persons cases. Maybe you have the very clue police need to turn these cases from cold to closed. Gaston Unsolved. New episodes monthly on demand for viewing on the Gaston County Government YouTube page. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Savvy Citizen Podcast. It's produced by the Gaston County Communications Office with hosts Janet Schaefer, Dandrea Bradley, Elizabeth McGee, and Adam Gobb. Joshua Braswell serves as executive producer, and Gavin Stewart serves as field reporter and producer. Please like us and share reviews on Apple, Spotify, 
Google Play, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Coming up next week on the show, we've got a couple guests in from the Shield Museum here in Gastonia talking about the annual Fossil Fair. It's been around for more than 25 years, but trust me, there's something new and exciting coming up.